Oh, uh, we're very happy with Leprosy. I think it's an excellent album. You know, it really represents what we're going to be doing in the future, which is putting out top quality death metal, in my opinion. Okay. You know, we're trying to change people's minds. Yeah. Uh, you know, who think that we are just a noise band. We're not. We're a serious band. You know, if people would take time to listen to our new album, they'll realize that there's a lot going on there. It's not two chords, and, you know, that's it. It's very involved. Good evening, and welcome to another exciting listening party with the middle-aged metalheads. Uh, my name is David Timoney. I am here with John Harden in hey. Austin, Texas. Colin Bosler, the metal lord, visiting us from Whitehall, Pennsylvania. And Michael Stamps up in Sellersville? Try it, baby. Sellersville. Right. All right, cool. Happening. Cool, cool. So we got three in PA and one in the A. Um, and tonight... <laughs> that didn't sound right. Tonight... <laughs> We are throwing ourselves back hard to 1988. I got to pick this one, and I don't, I think I got to pick this one by default. Somebody's like, David would like to listen to, and I was like, not going to argue. We are going to listen to Leprosy by one of my favorite bands, Death, one of the seminal death metal records of all time. Um, There is a lot to talk about about this, but honestly, the thing I really want to hear is when we're listening to the record, because I think, John, you've never heard this record. That's correct. <laughs> Nor have yeah. I. The, this are, is the, oh, then Colin, too. This is the first listening party that we've done that I have never heard the record. You That's didn't amazing. prep it all? Like, just give it a listen? No. Oh, you know, boy. David and I were talking about it this week, and I told him, I'm like, I've never heard it. And he said, wait, don't listen to it. Wait until the show. And I told him. Okay, twist my arm. I wasn't gonna put it on before yeah. the list. He's been on a steady hit. diet of enough is enough and trickster. Yeah, I've been on a steady diet of not death. So uh, I, I'll give it a shot. All right, cool, cool, cool. So who, who was? Is it Colin? Hasn't heard this? I've not heard it either. I've heard uh, my intro I, to death was I got a reissue of Scream Bloody Gore. I bought it for I don't know eight bucks or something, and I, I had heard of death. I've seen the patches of death on mm-hmm. the uh, war jackets, and uh, so I thought, all right, what the hell? I'll go buy this, and I listened <laughs> to it. And I'm not going to tell you it's my favorite, but I'm going to tell you it was okay. So yeah. uh, I, that's it. I've only listened to one death record, and it wasn't leprosy. Yeah. When, Michael, when, what, you, what, what about did you buy it, Colin? When you oh, first heard death. Oh, where are we now? Uh, BC before, uh, I mean, uh, uh, hold on, not BC, uh, before the pandemic. Oh, so, okay, just a couple of years ago then, I guess. Controlling? Yeah, no, I had a okay. I had a pun there, but I lost it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, before Sweet COVID, wins. that's what it is, BC before COVID. Uh, uh, gotcha. uh, anyway, so yeah, it's around 2018 or something like that. I got you. Michael, what do you got? You know, I, I think I started listening to Death a little bit, maybe about ten years ago, where I just, you know, I was just sampling a bunch of stuff, just kind of like, you'd, yeah, like you'd, you'd see like the patches on the war jackets and stuff, um, and people would, you know, talk about, you know, Death and how influential they were, and you know, it's like, sure, why not? I'll give it a listen. I had like a streaming service thing, so I plugged it in, and like, all right, this is not so bad. It's it, very it, deathy. It's very deathy. It's it's very sort of like, you know, to situate this record in 1988, um, the sort of thing if I listened to in 1988, I would probably like throw a rock at the boom box and say, stop that, stop that. Put in, you know, uh, you know, open up and say, ah, that would be like more my speed, you know, but uh, or, or long cold winter records that came out about this time to give you an idea of like where I was or where you know, a lot of us were. Um, you know, in, in, in 88, but, uh, you know, I, I, I definitely listened a lot more to it, uh, in, in the past few years. And of course with, with uh, the, the, recent, uh, documentary on death, uh, the, the director of which we, we interviewed in one of our early episodes, mm-hmm. you know, give me like a, a, a whole, you know, uh, richer sort of appreciation for Chuck Schuldner and his, his sort of, uh, his his create his creativity and his vision for the band and uh again just really kind of made uh made the when the listening of it you know a little bit more hmm 
informed, I guess, than just like, hey, this just sounds like another death metal band. It's like, but this is the death metal band. <laughs> um, they're called Death, and they have one of the lamest logos, band logos that you could imagine. It, it is as though it was written by some kid, <laughs> you know, you know, or designed by some eight year olds. Like, I want it to be Halloweeny. <laughs> you know, it's got the, the pretty D, bad the d with cobwebs in it it's got an e and it's got an a that has a sort of uh like a like a scythe that you know like the green yeah. paper would carry yeah. and then like the weird cross. upside down cross for the t like yeah and then like doesn't quite spooky it's like a ghost cowled, cowled ghost or something yeah. in the h and it's all drippy too it's and it's just drippy all, it is right. really puerile but yeah, iconic yeah. and it's puerile. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, for me, this, when you think about 88, 88 was the time that most of the bands I listened to were not putting out anything new or anything good. And so I was struggling through a good part of the 80s, not being able to find anything heavy enough. You know, I was playing in a band and I was like, I just need like new music that's heavy, that's good. And even like, even the stuff that I was listening to that was kind of categorized as heavy, like say Megadeth, Megadeth, you know, like for Peace Cells, like we just listened to that. It's kind of, it's pretty poppy. Like the, the hits on that are pretty poppy for, for as heavy as they're, as they claim to be. Um, and this year, I think I picked up to try to satisfy that heavy, you know, need that I had, I picked up like no remorse by motorhead. Mm -hmm. Uh, the Danzig record had just come out. Um, not that it was heavy, but it was dark, you know, and there was just nothing that was really, really getting, you know, filling that, that void. And then somebody was like, if you want really heavy stuff, you've got to check out death. And I went to the store and I picked up Scream Bloody Gore and Leprosy. And for several reasons, Leprosy appealed to me a little more. But I'll tell you what, Scream Bloody Gore is a thrash record, is a death kind of thrash record, I think is very good. Um, but I think, Michael, you nailed it. It's like when when people hear death, they're now they're like, oh, yeah, it's death. It's death metal. But it's like this is the record and this is the band that laid the foundation for what most of death metal had become and and really kind of charted the path forward for a lot of a lot of different sounds in in death metal so i i mean i yeah. i love this record i think the 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 band itself for me was tough to pin down i was telling the guys before we started you know after this record you know chuck schuldner as um, as felipe explains in the in the documentary was constantly changing and I didn't want them to constantly be changing. I wanted another, I wanted like the next record to be the bigger, better, awesomer version of Leprosy. And More of the same. Yeah, and it wasn't. It was completely different. He changed his voice. He changed the guitar style. Members came and went, and it was confusing to me as a 16-year-old boy. Um, but again, it's it seemed like his his whole sort of like creative spirit was was that that sort of drive too. And you know, we, we think about the music we might have been listening to in in eighty uh, seven or eighty eight when the first two uh, Death records come out. Um, but but Death had been like circulating on the sort of like uh, tape trader uh, circuit, where mm. you know people would just and again like the the. the the highly recommended uh you know documentary that's i think is still on amazon prime video death by uh, metal death by metal um you know kind of you know really kind of takes you back into that that sort of like pivotal cultural moment where bands who didn't get record contracts or who didn't tour widely and certainly weren't played on the radio had this whole sort of otherwise underground way of like getting their music out there and then and they had fanzines and stuff and they would just like pop you know make you know again as they as they described like they would just put a a blank tape in a boom box and the band would record in a garage and then they would make dubs of that uh, of that tape and just kind of like put it out in the mail put it, it out in the mail so good too <laughs> oh no they sound <laughs> horrible but that's 
again, the kind of appeal. It's like if you want something that's slick and pretty, like a long cold winter or open up, <laughs> then you, you've got that. And they'll move listening to those tapes to figure out if you liked the bands was the equivalent of like trying to put on like dirty movies at late at night on a channel that you don't get on cable. <laughs> okay, that's that's an analogy. <laughs> because you're like, I think the drummer's good, but but I can't really tell. <laughs> can't really tell. Are these guys good? But again, I think it's 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 you know what what you were describing there, David, too, is the sense that people felt a little sort of um I don't know, like that the music had become a little bit safe and homogenized and that people were like really hungry for something a little more brutal, a little more extreme. Yeah, thra- this, this sort of like underground thrash scene and which yeah. morphs into the death scene. And of course, you can go on to the Wikipedia and you could see all these different like sort of like subgenres that begin as a sort of kind of a cultural response to the sort of uh, hair metal scene that seems to kind of like dominate uh, MTV and FM radio in the late 80s. Yeah, I really so. feel like like it, for me in my mind, this makes sense and it may not make sense to you. But bands kind of start raw and then they get to that point where they have their Jedi, right? Where it's like Return of the Jedi comes out and it was like kind of rough and a little fly by night. And all of a sudden Jedi comes out and it's super polished looking. And that's a lot of bands. You know, the first Mm -hmm. record is like, you know, this like rough shot run through, you know, however they could get a record made. Yeah. And they go on tour and then they make their second record and that third record comes out and they're in makeup and they're all dolled up and the production <laughs> is tight. And there's fucking Ewoks. <laughs> there's Ewoks. <laughs> and then they got a Christmas special. Um, and yeah, I mean, I look at the records that came out around this same time and it's just like, even, you know, even in Justice for All, like compared to Master, like, come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not, it's, we've lost that, that edge in many yeah. ways so I, I think that's it it's like the some of the music was maybe not so not so much uh, uh you know like like they were playing it safe but like they lost some of like the early intensity yeah of, you know of, of being a young band and, and yeah then they're thinking like dude the record company wants us to move millions of units and they're going to put us together with a with a different producer and they're going to you know change our sort of style and you know, and then yeah, then Metallica starts making videos, and then we're off to the races. Yeah, for sure. For and everything sure, everything changes. Everything changes. After I mean, that. even I mean, look at Slayer. You know, they put out South of Heaven. Like that is a world away mm. from their first couple of records. You know, even from even from um, you know the one that came before it that just completely left Hell my mind. No, no, right before it. Straight um, seasons in the abyss. No, no, no. Right, that was all out. right. Right that's there. that's all I got there, Alex. Uh, it's the one with Angel of Death. What's the record with Angel of Death on? Oh, we talked about that. We've had a listening party for it. Sure. Rain and Blood. Rain and Blood. Thank you. Okay. It's just um, I'm, as it's coming out of my mouth, it's leaving my mouth. Anyway, I can see John is getting a little hot and bothered. Champing <laughs> no. at the Cinderella. It's just, right it's the, just like just, just bracing myself, waiting, <laughs> super excited. I know, um, I know you are. You're so excited, dirty boy. Shall he's gonna, we? Uh, he's gonna poison in his left ear. He's gonna have to <laughs> put in his right ear. Oh, we try, come try on! Make it through this record. <laughs> That's gonna mash up of that shit going on. Oh, no, I will. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. I tried to get that mashup. John sent me a hot steaming piece of Buster made. Yeah. <laughs> Good for him. Good for him. All, All right. right, Michael. Yes. Are you going to count? Are you going to count us up? I will count us up to three. You know, let me say the good thing is the re-release of this. This is the deluxe reissue. If you're on iTunes, that's what I'm on. Yeah. It's 36 songs. It's two hours and 50 minutes. Oh yeah. yeah, I just listened to some of the live stuff though. The recording is bad. Lots of bonus tracks. So if you guys want to shuffle instead, yeah, so <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. No, we have eight. We have eight tracks to listen to. All right, we got eight tracks. The first track is like six minutes long. So John will be in right. heaven. So see. opening track, Leprosy. Let's Leprosy. Here we go. From the from the album Leprosy. Right? On three. One, two, three. 
Oh, yeah. Well, it's so good. <laughs> it's, nice and heavy. It's consistent. And it's it is heavy. heavy. And, you know, people talk about his uh, his guitar sound. He he had an amp that a lot of people don't use. It's like, I think it's a hybrid Marshall that's like part transistor, part, uh, part tube or something like that. Here we go. Yeah, there we go. Where you got? Where you guys at? Like, kind of about forty-one. Good, good start. Yeah, forty-two seconds, forty-three. Now Chuck does the singing and lead or rhythm. Lead. On this record, he's I primarily think. rhythm. I think we got Rick Roz Rick covering Roz. the leads on this record. Okay. Because I will say that as I as I did get into the reissue of Scream Bloody Gore and I read the liner notes, Chuck has a huge, huge following and amazing respect, which I, I again never was part of that scene. But um, I get it. I can see why he was was followed with with the energy he puts forth. It's impressive. Yeah, I mean, I think the the intensity of the record, you know, from the very outset, you know, you can't help but notice. And I can only imagine that that early scene that Michael was talking about, you know, trading tapes and going to live shows and even, you know, back in the day, I'm sure dudes are showing up to other other dudes rehearsals and, and mm-hmm. checking these bands out and a lot of trading of, of band members and such. Yeah, and this this is of course is in well, check out the lyrics here in in, in, in Florida of, of all places, uh, Jeff Giordano who uh, who's been on uh, the show a few times was like part of that scene. I think he recalls like going to rehearsals, watching Chuck and the, his revolving cast of uh, band members just kind of like rip rip the shit out of songs. Yeah. So there was yeah there was definitely something going on in that that particular part of Florida. Uh, in the late 80s because Chuck spent some time in in San Francisco where you would expect you know thrash metal death metal scene was was really going on um, but you know took his took his whole thing right back to Florida and became a legend yeah the breakdowns in this record are really good um, you know very musical uh, I think when we were talking about that Megadeth record where you know they would kind of kind of slide from section to section you know haphazardly you know we don't see that in this record you know it's it, the transitions make sense um, this is the longest song on the record um, and I just think it, you don't really notice it I mean we're, we're what like we're three minutes in and uh, you know each little section makes sense and it sounds good it's interesting it maintains the the, the intensity of the song and I think that's pretty cool yeah the, 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 again for you know you listen to a lot of death metal or, or thrash metal and stuff and it can be really sort of like plodding and monotonous but you know the, the time changes on this the, the whole sort of like sweet structure of, of, the, of the of the song sort of like makes it so much more compelling the vocals aren't as uh, cookie monster as probably some people would like but you know they're they're, they're really sort of fierce and brutal um, and yeah, he's singing about leprosy. I'm not checking out the lyrics here, but uh, but what what is he singing about, Colin? You, you were checking them out there. Yeah, he's singing about dying from leprosy and how, what happens to your body and how it's horrible. And I, I get the I get the picture he's painting. I'm right with him. <laughs> I see I see a person falling apart in front of my eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, these, and these seem to be the themes of the first couple records, with the emphasis on the gore and the horror of all that. But uh, Chuck, Chuck would evolve and like tackle much more sort of like socially, uh, social issues, political issues that make him a little bit more sort of uh, you know moving away from you know the, the sort of trappings of, of, of death metal, which tend to focus mostly on yeah, death. How you doing over there, John? I'm good. I'm just <laughs> listening to this unfold. I do. I like the music. I, I do not like the vocals at all. Uh, right. You know, even as Mike mentioned, it's not as uh, it's not as Cookie Monster. Some of the stuff that 
we've explored on the show, but it's still not for me. I yeah. I don't know. I it's see as I as I go down, you know, as Colin Colin informed us, he's talking about what happens when you have leprosy. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next song is Born Dead, and then Left to Die, and then Open Casket. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. They, 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 they have a little sort of ballywick, and that's yeah. kind of what they do. Right. Um, it's, it's, like, it's like you were talking, Mike, with their spooky Halloween logo. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's a spooky Halloween record, too. Like I, and I, I've talked about it. I talked about it on our, on our Black Metal episode, and, and also when we were talking about uh, USBM, I think it's silly. <laughs> but again, you, you, I, have, to, you, gotta, you have to go do. back to like young David Timoney picking this record and just kind of going like, I, I get wow, it. they're not singing about chicks and cars. Right. See, that's what yeah. John wants. Yeah, but I mean, Dave wasn't out like digging up caskets. He was sorry, you weren't, you weren't, out, you weren't like, out picking up chicks. That's it. I mean, <laughs> fair enough. You'd be, you'd be uh, fantasizing about it, though. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, I don't know. I, it's a little too preacher featurey for I me. mean, nobody was going to the principal's yeah. office because they were afraid John Harden was going to pick up chicks. Yeah. <laughs> but but, but I, again, I think that's that's part of the sort of like transgressive nature of the music itself, of the image, which is no real image. Um, and sort of like, you know, how, how the music sort of like carries carries that sort of like whole attitude. Like, we don't really need to like look pretty or sound pretty. And we're not really interested if no girls come to our shows, clearly. <laughs> yeah. And we're on to Born Dead. Born Dead. Abrupt stop at the end of Leprosy onto the intense Born Dead. But no no, no Bob Ezrin fade out? No Bob Ezrin. I don't think there's a single fade out on this whole record. That's not a death metal thing. There's no fade outs. But this, I mean, this tune's a little bit, of, I'll admit, it's a little bit of filler, right? It's, it's a straight blast beat style drums, you know. But how is this different than song one? It, sound, oh, it sounds on. like the same song. Oh, no, this, this one's called Born Dead. The other one was called Leopard. Yeah, yeah. I, I get that the name changed, but I mean, how is this filler when the first one is it? Leopard, that's, Leopard. A, that's, that's nah, an honest question. On, I'm not trying on. to like... Well, I mean, I think, like, I think that the... I think this one's a little fillery, mostly because of the like the compositional techniques are not quite as as obvious. Okay. Um, it's a toe tapper, though. But you, I mean, yeah, I mean, you do have some. As I say that, like it breaks into this like tapping guitar solo section with the with the quick drums and all that. Um, and that's not to say it, it's without merit. I'm just saying it's 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 a little more of a of a from a death metal standpoint, kind of like your straight ahead rock and roll tune. Right, you got your double bass, you got your fast guitars, you got your growly vocals, and yeah, this, again, this, I mean, this, this, yeah, this is like just like rip it up in the pit sort of song. So it's like it, it's filler if you're just listening to it at home. But like this shit comes on and you're in the in the in the in the pit. It's just like mayhem. Yeah, like I mean, they were um, they were it's kind a dan- to, in other words a dance song. Yeah, it's a dance. It's, don't don't judge the dance song. Do the toxic waltz. <laughs> Oh man, Exodus reference for everybody out there. Yeah. There you go. Uh, I mean, they they were kind to uh, to Rick Ross in the in the documentary. I always understood it, and I don't have much of an opinion. He's he's not he's not a phenomenal guitar player. He's not a bad guitar player, but I was always under the understanding that he was not well respected in the scene. Um, and I don't know that that's true. It's just what I've heard from folks in the scene. Um, that people, you know, they're just like, oh, Rick Ross, and they some some choice language about who he is, how he plays, and what he looks like. Um, and I, I, you know, so when I saw the documentary, I was surprised he was in it um, because of that. And then, um, you know, I mean, I thought they gave him good treatment. He, he everybody yeah. pays their respects to Chuck. I don't think anybody uh, said anything too too harsh or too you know shocking about Chuck. And, and, and some of those old heads just like started like blubbering a little bit. They're like, you know, I, he broke my heart when he kicked me out of the band. And like, I don't have any hard feelings. I miss you, Chuck. Like, you're in a band death and you're just getting all sad, sentimental. It's like, it's kind of sweet. It's kind of sweet. That's, and that's what we do on the late metal edge. 
Oh, we are somehow here. We go into song three, "Forgotten Past." Forgotten Past. Nice little. Ri- I like this little riff in there. It's this like is much better than the second one. It is right. <laughs> I-, I like this. This sounds like a band you might otherwise recognize as Metallica. What? Yeah, it does. Just the, the, yeah, the way the drums and the vocals come in and just has that like. This could be on master. Yeah, I mean, it's. I, I think the songs are well written. I, I, Death for me is a band that is tough to criticize for those two reasons. They're not. They're not bad musicians, um, and the songs are well arranged and well put together. Um, that and kind of their their place in the history of death metal, I think it 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 makes them a little bit above criticism. You know, like you can dislike it, but you can't help but appreciate what they've done. Um, you know, we were looking at um, at one of the videos from like uh, one of the later records because uh, over on on the streaming service there you can see some of the videos, and I can't help. Uh, Mike, you talk about like the logos, and they've got um, who's the guy that's doing the artwork? I think it's the same guy who did uh, the Peace Cells artwork. That's what it looks like. Um, this now this seems a little cruder. Not the not the logo. The 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 the, 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 the actual album painting, art. The, the album art. The album art. Yeah. Um, there, this guy's there, not, yeah, he did Peace Cells. This guy. Yeah. This guy's a strong second choice. Third choice. <laughs> Yeah, well, again, it's Puss, like, Puss Head's not available. Hey, call, call the what, guy who did Peace Cells. Yeah, what, what do you guy did the Hold Pantera on. cover? What do you, what Ooh, do you guys, yeah. guys got some time? <laughs> yeah, this metal magic. Done, <laughs> it looks like this guy's done all the Megadeth covers. Uh, Possessed, Dark Angel, all right, that, Ludic- that makes- Ludacrist, and Nuclear Assault, and things like that. But um, so you've got this like dark and, as John describes, Halloweeny influenced uh, artwork and then John noticed what Chuck looks like on stage with his hair kind of flowing and <laughs> kind of parted to one side yeah and, I mean he really could be it's incongruous to the sound. <laughs> I, I'm surprised he didn't get shit for it, to be honest. And maybe, He's, maybe, maybe it's one of those Axl Rose things to where it's just like in in Welcome to the Jungle. Axl didn't really look like that the rest of Guns N' Roses' career. But like in that video, what was it called? The Prophecy or the Professor? What were we uh, watching before? Oh, um, the, I think I the Prophecy. Video was called. Yeah, who knows? Something like that. Uh, he he looks like he's in winger. <laughs> he, he's, he's got like he's very got like voluptuous a... hair. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, and he's got it tossed he's got like over a belly to the side. Shirt? Yeah, he's, he's got a belly, belly shirt, shirt and and, and slick hair. Like you know, he called Paul Stanley, and Paul Paul's like, nope, I'm taking my body glove shirt on tour this year. You get your own. Yeah. He's a good looking guy and he's young and he's got the hair and he absolutely could walk on stage, you know, with Winger this weekend. Uh, I mean, not this weekend, but you're right. Actually, actually this weekend, we're going to go see him, right, Colin? Who's that? Oh, yeah, but, but Chuck Shoulder's dead. Oh, Winger, I'm sorry. I, thought I was reading the lyrics. Yeah, we're not going to see Chuck Shoulder. No. no. But but uh, you're right. It's it is a little incongruous. It's it's and and to hear him talk in some of those interviews, it's really out of place, right? Cuz he's kind of got like a like a like a surfer thing. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, he's kind, kind of is it is a little sort of like North Florida. It's just kind of a little sort of like dopey. Um <laughs> Not dopey in a bad way, but just kind of like loose. Not like Spicoli or something, but just kind of like, uh, but a little, right? Yeah, he, but but a he, he, he seems kind of chill, is the thing. And he, right. and, he, and, and again, he's he's a he's a handsome dude with like a great head of hair, and it's like you look at like some of the photos, and it's just like, yeah, if if, if he wanted to be like you know the, the lead singer for Skid Row, he could. Uh, no, he no, can't. No. He can't sing. Not in that style. How things might have been different. This one's called You've Gone Wild. We are on to track. We're on Left to Die. So, John, if you're keeping track here, Leprosy, 
on Born my leprosy dead. scorecard. We're, we're nearly halfway there. Born dead. Yeah. Forgotten past. Right. Left to die. Copy. All right. See, this one has a good groove to it as well. Not not a singles band. No, they're not really big on like, hey, let's just put out one song and it's going to be like a, a, a covers of a 60s girls group song. Yeah, I, I don't know. The music, I don't mind. I think I think the music sounds pretty good. I just can't can't leap that hurdle of the uh, vocals. <laughs> I don't know. They all sort of sound the same. Like if you guys yeah. weren't calling out like now we're in rotting corpse. OK, OK, cool. Number six. Um, <laughs> it, it's they're all kind of the same song. Yeah. So it's like for me and i think that's that's kind of like a key you know determining factor of like when when you like sort of like get turned on to a band or when you when you decide like yeah this this is for me it's kind of like you know you listen to like break here yeah yeah that's juicy you know it's interesting is you're sorry i don't know i know i'll finish my point but it's like just imagine like you know the, the 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 lead singer from metal church was like the singer for these for these songs. It's like, all right, well then, it, again, it, it's one of those sorts of things where you, you ask like, is it that Chuck is not a good singer so he does it this way, or couldn't you just get a vocalist? But again, it's it becomes part of the, like the defining feature of the genre as it goes on. It's like vocals are supposed to be like cacophonous. Yeah, they're not. They're not supposed to be mellifluous. They're not supposed to be sweet or articulate. But there's something interesting about these lyrics as I as I'm reading them because I I've as I've listened to some death records and and checked out some other bands like Cannibal Corpse and things that I just skipped over as I go back and learn some of those. Some of the lyrics are pretty disgusting at times, and I know <laughs> there's a shock. There's a shock value, right? You know, how can I? How much? How much? grossness and, and gore and disgustingness can I put on my lyrics to shock you but I don't think Chuck is looking to do that he's got some serious messages and the lyrics I, I like the fact that they paint a picture sort of like a Hitchcock where they paint the picture but they don't give you all of the details your brain works on that a little bit I kind of like that I, I don't want all the, so all what, the disgusting so what, what, things what, 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 are some, what are some of the lyrics that are like standing out to you Colin that are like well just he's, uh, he's talking about the, this one left to die uh, bodies fall onto the ground blood flies through the air shredded victims lie in pain death is never fair okay I get it somebody's suffering but he doesn't say entrails on the ground and you know talk about the the disemboweling of your enemies or something he just he just lets you know there's blood there's there's Seems legs pretty being straight blown up. off but it's not as straight up as some of the other stuff I've, I've listened to John there's there's some stuff that you, you listen to some of these things it's so sexual it's so right. murderous it's like, so like I knew I knew <laughs> I got to like that? <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I saw you coming like out of this. school that day. Young and clean. Like What's the line in uh, in the in the cover? He's like, I don't usually say this. Okay, I do usually say this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I usually so, don't I, say things to girls your age. Yep. Welcome I back guess. to Christine 16, y'all. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, Got to well, throw a kiss in somehow. I give Chuck credit for that. I, I like painting the picture. That's nice. No, I, I, I tell you, I, I, this record for me in, in death, in the world of death metal, is definitely a constant for me, right? It, it, I branch out and I listen to other things. I listen to my, my carcass and I listen to my, you know, uh, my pungent stench and uh, not so much. That it, we're on Pull the Plug. This is my favorite song on this record. All right. It's the highest uh, listened to on Spotify. Is it six six million listens? I just think that that riff, that chord groove riff, is pretty much perfect. Nice little quick break. Yep, and a good like little time change. We'll shuffle it up. Yeah, I, I, death is this record by death is my constant. You know, I, I go and I listen to other things, and it's got to be better than this. 
You know, and when it's not, I come back to this. See, here's a person laying in a coma. I, I get the I get the picture. Yeah, it's about euthanasia. Uh, I'm gonna mm-hmm. th- throw throw in a plug here. If you haven't uh, picked this up yet, you should check it out. It's uh it's a small little coffee table book called Heavy Metal Thunder. Heavy Metal Thunder. Is that a reference to um Well to, of course uh, it is. <laughs> Steppenwolf. That's yeah. not what I was gonna so say. The, the, the subtitle yeah. is Kick-ass cover arts from kick-ass albums, but it's it's, pre- it's predominantly metal albums. There's a forward by uh, Scott Ian, um, but it's it, it, death's not in there, right? Yeah, it totally is. No, it, oh. that's 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 the thing is like they, they they start to like chart, you know, the like the emergence of these albums again, like the, as we talked about before. Like if you're not on the radio, you're not in the magazines, uh, then people, you know. It's like how how do you know like you know how, how do you get uh, the attention in the you know in, in the racks there at the at the, at the radio at, or excuse me at the, at the record store and they, they talk about like the the evolving sort of aesthetic. Martin Popoff also has like really great books, uh, bigger size sort of coffee table books that look at like the evolution of uh, of album covers, um, both as like marketing and also sort of like as as, as a kind of a. As, as an art in, in itself, but uh, it, 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 it charts a lot of like the really interesting uh, images that you'll see in uh, hardcore bands and punk bands, uh, you know, thrash metal bands, as well as uh, emerging death metal bands, and kind of clowns a little bit on like some of the eh, the low budgetness of it all, right? We we already talked about like the worst album covers ever, which is like, <laughs> or the greatest ones, like. Pantera, like Metal Magic, duh, you, you can't beat that. Yeah, but uh, it, but we're still with pull the plug here, and it's drums on this record are really good. It's uh, yeah, can't who, argue with that. Who, who's the drummer on this? This is uh, Bill Andrews. He played okay. with um, Massacre. Massacre, okay. Yeah, I think after he left. Uh, I think there was a drummer in between, but they landed with uh, Gene Hoagland from uh, Dark Angel. Okay. Yeah. He again, like when he was out in San Francisco, I think he like recruit, recruited the drummer from DRI. Well, was he? Yeah. Really? Oats. How do I not know these things? But you know, it's yeah. I, 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 I kind of. Mentioned like this this record each I mean I say it about this record, but I mean every record stands out. You could probably get entire groups of death fans for whom any single record is their favorite record and that other records are departures. You know, I mean you, you talk to somebody maybe who listens to, you know, spiritual healing or human or something like that, and that's the record that won them over to death. And they will occasionally listen to the rest. But that that's their that's kind of their home base, and I it, I don't want to I don't want to overplay it, but there's something to be said about Chuck as a as a musician and a pioneer that he was never satisfied, always looking for a specific sound, and it reminds me a lot of. You know the jazz musicians that I like and that I know. It's like that they're always on to the next idea. Yeah, and you they never want to do the same thing twice. Yeah, you really get that when you hear people talking about Chuck. He was never satisfied with what he was doing, and always wanting to do something new. And you know, the (laughs) the fans and the members of the band suffer for that, right? Where guys show up and they're like, "I'm not in the band anymore." Yeah, especially, and again, it's like you, the, the jazz reference is, is, is very apt as we move on to open casket. Um, oh, sorry, it, we're it, trying it, to keep track of this for John. You know, open, casket, open casket, John. Oh, no, man, no. I, look, I, I have Apple Music just like you. Uh, <laughs> well, then I, you, you know what? I, then you know that there are 30 more songs. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, what held them back? Was it the vocals? Because they're so. putting out music at the same time as other thrash bands and and 
music similar to them in style that that far outsold them uh, and had bigger followings. I just don't think they were marketable with a name like marketable with a name like Death. Yeah, I but I mean, I look at Anthrax. Push. That's that's not exactly like you know. <laughs> yeah, but Anthrax isn't Death, and Anthrax did some rap and had that you know I'm the man. You know, they kind of got in yeah. there a little bit there. Yeah. But so but, why but, did why did Death not work, but Megadeth did? I, I, I think, think it's, that's. It's not, I think it's not that, as scary. Well, it's coming in the. <laughs> it's not. Megadeth is like a. Well, nobody fears nuclear war for real because it's never going to happen. But yeah. death is going to oh, happen. Back in, back in the 80s, though, people totally it, did. The day is going to be like, I'm not going to listen to a band because of that. Yeah, but I think, but I think they, they talk about this in, in the documentary a little bit where Chuck was kind of mercurial, you know, where he would, he would do something and then just move back to Florida. Mm-hmm. And disappear, and like at one point, like moved in with his mom or his sister or something, or, 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 or did, ditch his own tour. They went he on left, a European tour, and yeah, he just bailed like, on a tour. I'm or done. Like, he went like they went overseas, and they were using rented gear, and it didn't work, and he left or something. Mm-hmm. And at one point, he had moved. He moved back to Florida, either with a relative or something, and got his own place, and no one saw him for months. And he was writing a new record and brought in new musicians. And I think it was just his nature. And honestly, John, you know, you later find out that he's got brain cancer, and which is terminal for him. Right. And you can't help but think or ask the question, you know, was that something that was always there mm. and always having an effect on... His his mood, his action, his actions, yeah. all of these things. Yeah, yeah. But it, it, and again, it's like he, they were on Combat Records, which which also ultimately gets like sucked up by Sony. Um, but again, like the, the the smaller sort of like subsidiaries like Combat, it's just like here you go, here's two days, twenty five hundred bucks, get it in the can, and you know they they didn't get like you know hot shot producers. It's just like. We're just going to dump this record off someplace here and there and might move some units. Um, but it, it seems to be like also part of the scene, too, like where you just it, it's more about like the respect of the underground. You don't really want to, you know, it, it, that's 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 the sort of thing that the underground sort of like rails as like the sellouts, the sellouts who get like the big contracts and then go on the big tours and then start to like evolve their sound so that it becomes a little more less like kill them all and a lot more like you know and justice for all uh, where it's just like and that's a, that's the a creative evolution of a band and it, you know it certainly happens with uh, with death and with, and with Chuck Shoulder but like yeah it doesn't it's, it's not in a marketplace where people are like hey I'm gonna listen to Poison and then I'm gonna listen to Death and then I'm gonna listen to Rat Dancing Undercover Rat Reference <laughs> I don't drink for Rat References buddy <laughs> there you go. But uh, you know, I mean, you look at the, the other thing that I think is is really important about this is you've got you've got uh, you know on the primitive waves. <laughs> you've got musicians who come in and out of the band, and you know, I was just looking. I was trying to remember for, for the life of me, I couldn't remember his name. Um, Sean Reiner played for the band uh, on the record Human, and uh, he just died over in 2022 at 48. And are we in 2022 record, yet? 2020, sorry. 20, oh, just like, 20, I'm, I'm looking at future? it as leave me alone. <laughs> He's gonna die soon. That's uh, a song about cannibals. Sorry, um, David, go ahead. <laughs> sure. But you know, this, you know, they're talking about this record uh, that, that he was on in 91 that kind of launched the the start of the technical death metal movement. You know, Michael was talking about the, you know, the, I guess you got to get a chart out, you know, to, to tease out all of the various types of... The whole um, taxonomy of it all. The whole taxonomy of, of metal and, and, and such. Um, but the idea, you know, even the idea that they've got a, uh, they've got kind of a big four of, of technical death metal, you know, um, 
and they're crediting Death with part of that as well. You know, it's 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 really it's one of those bands that if you if you kind of track things back to where where the beginnings are, you know, Death is just woven through so much of this, and um, and I, I don't think I, I mean I don't know that you know John kind of asked that question like why didn't they take off? I don't know. Because every, it, it seems like a lot of roads lead back to Chuck and to death, and yeah. it doesn't. Same, it, it doesn't make sense. It's the same reason Slayer didn't take off. I don't it, think so. Just, yeah. I, okay. But I mean, Slayer took off. They headlined arenas. But I'm, you're talk, I'm talking about record sales, popular names. Yeah, TV, sure. You know. These bands just weren't built for public consumption. They were built for the little small groups we talked about. The ones that were okay with all the devil and, and blood and gore and all that stuff. And I just don't think there's much marketable marketable about that. But but look look at the longevity of, of, a, of, a, of a group like Slayer, though. Like, Slayer could still you know, oh, yeah. headline arenas. Or like a, or a festival and stuff. Yeah, they, they never really moved a whole lot of units, as we've discussed before. Mm-hmm. But like their their cred is intense. It's like it, it's just sort of like, um, you know, you know, if you have like the battle jacket, it's like it's just Dever Gore. You're going to have like a Slayer patch. You're going to have a Death patch, you know, and maybe you're going to have like a Faster Pussycat patch and then get really? beat. But, but again, it's like it's, it's, it's on the it's, inside it's, pocket. It's, 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 that, that's the whole idea. Is like we, you're, the, the, the whole sort of cult of uh, you know integrity. I guess it's like we're we're keeping it real. This is what true metal is. We're not like sellouts like Poison or uh, <laughs> like Cinderella. It's like those guys want to get all fancy and like sell millions of records and make lots of money. We just want to play brutal music that people just get like really really riled up at it's like and that's that's success that's success now if, if, if all these bands end up being sort of like interchangeable to, to folks who aren't part of that scene it's like oh, that's maybe our fault but like yeah i think death death is like you know established itself it's like enormously successful because shit we're here we are talking about it and they, they do have like this uh this sort of like legacy reach in the sense that they're just so enormously, you know, uh, influential, and they have, and they have, and there's a, a sort of like martyr syndrome too of like you know Chuck Schuldner's sort of like you know young and unfortunate death, like what could have happened. It's like the same thing with Cliff Burton, but you know, so it has like all that mystique that goes with it too. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll remind us all that you know we did have Black Sabbath, right? When you talk about kind of being unmarketable in the and well, in, in the time when they were when they were trying to get out there. Here's our last song on the record, John. Choke on it. Yeah. It's what prophetic. Is this song, what's this song about, Colin? What do the lyrics seem to suggest to us? What are we well, let me tell you as I follow along here. It says seizure now sets in, torture will begin, twisted bodies lie, waiting now to die. You start mm-hmm. to choke, your insides fry as your tongue goes down, choke on it, death all around. So this is hmm. a Robert Frost poem, then. That's right. <laughs> I'm not He's sure like, what here's where he dropped the beat. He's choking on his tongue. I get that. Can that is even happen? A, is he I don't know why. Maybe in like an epileptic seizure, people could like swallow their tongues. I think he, he this was written at his bedside by, uh, by Steven Seagal. Oh, nice. There you go. And then you choke on it. Choke on it. I don't always choke on it, but when I do choke on it, it's <laughs> usually my own tongue. <laughs> Cheers. You know, so so in, in Chuck's little uh, little bio here that I'm looking at, um, musical inspirations include Kiss, Iron Maiden, Slayer, Judas Priest, and Metallica. Hmm. Hmm. The standard issues. Pretty standard. He also liked jazz and classical music. Doesn't that's, really that's, sound like any of them. Yeah. See, that's that's the thing where it's like if you listen trick, to John. like you listen to like later jazz, is it, it totally sounds it like is. metal metal jazz fusion. <laughs> it's it's, it's like, 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 like I said before. Funk. It's it, it sounds sort of like 
Wait, are we doing hemispheres after this? Yes. Yeah. Oh, no, that would have been a matchup. <laughs> fucking sweet. Yeah, so the end sound like a cross between like like a really extreme heavy metal band or extreme death metal band and like a little bit of like late Radiohead. It's like, oh, <laughs> odd time signatures, just really sort of like just things that were just like just kind of catch you off guard. Leprosy though is pretty hot as a record. <laughs> it's good. Choke on it. Yeah. I'm down with that. Yeah. Yeah, thematically, it's uh, pretty monochromatic. It's kind of all sort of like haunted house horror and sort of like grisly death scenes and suffering and this this seems too to be like kind of like you know a, a, an interesting point like as we know like uh, Chuck named the band Death after they were originally called like Mantis or something I don't know is that like a reference to like Celtic Frost or something no never what, what's 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 the lead singer in, in Celtic Frost called call himself Tom Mantis. Warrior now uh, who's who's Mantis which which band am I thinking of you're thinking of the guitar player for Venom. Venom, there you go. Okay. So. Mantis. Which, Wasn't he like Mantis the Great or something like that? Sure, why not? I want to say, why, I wanna why say be, he why, was. Why be like Mantis the Mediocre? Mantis the Mediocre? Mm. Mantis the guy who can't pay attention. But, uh, um, so Mantis, I don't think Mantis was Chuck's band. I think that was Rick Roz's band. Oh wait, it was it was Chuck Chuck that's, Rick. That's, that's that's what they called it for like a couple years. Yeah, and then they yeah, changed yeah, it yeah. To death so it's 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 both coming back to me and I'm looking it up. So. And, and, and Chuck, <laughs> Chuck, Chuck Chuck's brother had died, and so he wanted to like call the name name of the band Death as a way to honor his brother to like make it seem positive, which is which is kind of cool. Which, which which shows you that somehow at the, at the core of this, this is not just sort of like. You know, <clears throat> I want to disgust you. I want to horrify you. But there's, mm-hmm. there, there's something that's, uh, uh, you know, that, that that's, that's sensitized by like actual recognizable human emotions, and not just sort of like, can I gross you out? Plenty of other bands do the whole gross out thing, and that's, you know, that's part of the shtick. It's deep, bro. It's totally deep, but it it, it, it seems like you know, uh, Chuck was like a really intense and deep dude um, and hella handsome <laughs> pour one out for Chuck pour one out for Chuck and all the trim he got dude but wow not, not, I don't know he didn't bring any chicks out to his to his shows and stuff no, of course not maybe but maybe he did who knows I don't know <laughs> I just I never knew never knew a whole lot of chicks who were in death I, you know, I'm trying to think, like... I mean, I've definitely seen chicks at death metal shows. But I didn't talk to them. Yeah. Well, of course not. <laughs> That's not why you were there. Well, he's well. that hot chick. That's Chuck. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I say... I, I joke because I care. It's yeah. true. And also because he's probably the hottest chick there. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And, this and is that was leprosy. Wow, you guys are jumping on that. That's like the, 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 the fade from the symbol is still, is still going. Oh, no, no, no. We're just, yeah. Yeah, we, we, we got to the end it. of it. Yeah. Like, on to I, our I next finished. song, Cygnus X1. No, no, no. no. Two. Hold, hold, hold on, hold on. I huh? finished all my vegetables. Can I go now? Jeez and crackers, guys! You wouldn't let me listen to. Well, that before before we go farther, in seriousness, John, better or worse than you thought it would be? Uh, no, about about exactly what I thought it would be. Um, I wasn't I wasn't prepping for bad. Like I knew they weren't amongst the uh, the sort of death metal or black metal that I that I really dislike. 
Like, I cannot take the extreme Cookie Monster stuff. And um, I think the music here is is pretty good. But uh, I still think the vocals aren't. And I think they might have been better served by finding someone who could sing uh, to go to go along. Because otherwise, I think it's solid. I wouldn't, I'd never put it on. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I, like, I, I didn't dislike it. It wasn't torturous to, to sit and get through it. But I mean... I, I don't know. It's no different, really, than I thought it would be. All right. That's fair. That's fair. No, I mean, I think we get these categories of bands, I think. Like, there's bands that you respect but don't like. You know what I mean? There's bands that you kind of recognize. Like, there's a lot of bands. And I, I think I get a bad rep because I'm, I'm, if you haven't noticed, opinionated. That people are like, oh, he doesn't like anything. It's like, no, I just, I just don't want to listen to everything. You know, but I kind of recognize. Like, I can't. As much as I hate Sammy Hagar, like you, you can't just be like Van Halen with Sammy Hagar was nothing. Like clearly they did something. It's just right. not my thing. Like I don't yeah. understand. And I think but, the same with this. There's obviously people you included that connected with this record. And Death has a fan base, and Chuck has has an enduring fan base. Um, it's just not for me. Yeah, and, and 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 I think part of that too is like kind of like as David as you described too. It's like. It, 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 it's hard to like go back and manufacture the sort of like nostalgic connection to the music. It's like if you missed a band and you're like you're discovering it like fucking 20 years, 25 years later, you, it's not going to have the same sort of sticky sort of sentimentality to it. Like I, because I can go back and listen to like totally, totally shitty bands, but because I got into them <laughs> in the 80s and I listened to their record religiously i'm talking about autograph um, is like, that the is that the worst band that you like uh, no they're no they're, they're, <laughs> they're plenty worse bands. not at all <laughs> new, um, new to the show dan yeah how about uh how about some leather wolf everybody is that the worst band you <laughs> no. like oh no leather wolf is who's the hot, worst dude. band you like michael stings uh, uh, probably like i don't know i don't know maybe, maybe like king cobra they're, but they're really no, good. They're good. They're not that bad. Yeah. Uh, compared to I give me, some, give me some time to think about. It. Maybe, maybe this is a sort of like a, a topic for, for another. Autograph might be the worst. I think but I, I pretty totally bad, love autograph. We're gonna see them in August. Dude, you can love them, and they can still suck. I know, but sometimes I don't actually appreciate like how much they suck because I have like <laughs> autograph doesn't. For Colin, it's a dead heat between Winger. And firehouse and <laughs> choices have suck. to be made on Sunday. None of them yeah. suck. They're all awesome. Yeah. And oh, he's yeah. gonna be standing there. He's like, I've got to pee sometime. Like, fuck. <laughs> be on the lawn. <laughs> That's right. Just, uh, they're they're about to launch into Madeline. I drank a box of Bartles and James in the parking lot. Now what the fuck do I do? Sing along. He wears a diaper just like that lady driving from from Texas to Florida. I has as I have not heard death. David, have you heard Winger's Madeline? Um I'm gonna Don't go make with me sing me. it. Don't make me sing it. I'm gonna Oof. go with no. Is yeah. it Madeline with an I? I'll break out some easy come, easy go. Uh, I can't Madeline. wait to scream that on Sunday. What are you talking about? Fantastic. Hold on. I think we should end our listening party with Winger Madeline. Yeah, we're we're gonna go to the Spyglass Winery and Showmore. I'm gonna come back. Of course, Scotland, Pennsylvania. Think you guys can give Dawkin a ride? Gonna be Dawkin. (laughs) He's in my basement. Donald come with me. Also, George Lynch is gonna be there. Maybe with some Lynch mob shit. You got some Winger. Oh, I have heard this song. See, I'd I'd rather. It's bad. I, I think Saturday sounds better for that show. I'd like to what? see Lynch Mob. Like, yeah, Winger. Is it Lynch Mob or is it like George? It, George Sullivan? George Lynch. It, it doesn't George say Lynch, Lynch huh. Mob. Wasn't he in a band that was yeah, going to be good? Dockin. No, no, no. Wasn't he in a band that was like a, a like a little mini unsung hero supergroup? Mm, he's, 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 no, he's, I, I mean, I, I think probably Lynch Mob is the closest no, thing no, 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 to, no, no. to that. No, I'll, I'll find He's it. collaborated with like a bunch of people. You, I like both. the Lynch Mob records. They're good. Yeah, they're good. Oh, I know what you're talking about, David. It's what like is him it? it's, and the it's dude Lynch, from Living Color. Lynch and Sweet? Uh, no, it's like... He, yeah, there was a Lynch and Sweet. Yeah, with Michael Sweet. It's like... 
but that wasn't. It's the, George Lynch, Corey Glover, two. and like the dude from Dream Theater or something. Ultraphonics. Uh-uh. Oh, that's right. Wow. Ultraphonics. Yeah. Corey Glover, George Lynch, hmm. Chris Moore, whoever that is, and Pancho Tomaselli. He had he had a band with Jeff Pilson too, just him and him and Jeff, right? They they also said with Mick I think I think Ultraphonics is the band that everybody okay. who is kind of like into Corey Glover and kind of semi into George Lynch. How do you spell that? He he also has that uh, band KXX with uh, Doug Pinnock from King's X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, you can go on to the, the Wikipedia, 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 yeah. and there's like so a lot of bands. Pancho, you took a lot of albums. Pancho, Pancho. Yeah, no. Lynch says the album sounds like a fusion of the Chili Peppers, King Crimson, and Judas Priest, and it's super fun. Huh? I doubt it. I, I, I don't believe you. It's, yeah, it, it, it seems like it's, it's like it's something like like the, the guy Fiari just describes is like something that's like palatable, and you're like, no, that that sounds fucking gross. Don't don't take a bite of it, dude. Yeah, well, I think you're going to to Flavor Town. Uh, yeah, well, I think I'm paying uh, Colin four dollars to get that Ultraphonic CD out of the dungeon. <laughs> Absolutely, David Timoney. I don't think uh, no. You can get it right here on YouTube. Here, I'm sending you the link right now. I'm good. All here good. It here it is. Here's <laughs> <Not> it. <laughs> it's on the Apple Music Ultra Phonics. Somebody made an Ultra Phonics radio station with King's oh X. God. Sons of Apollo, Blue Murder, Dead Daisies. Wow, this is nice. It's like all the bands. That okay, nobody you knows. know what? should probably stop shitting on this because I'm playing the first song called Baptism. I'm listening to it right now, dude. Original it's good. human music. It's, it's better good. than the album we just heard. <laughs> there you go. That's it enough is. out of all of you. It is. What the fuck did I just play? I mean, Corey Glover's no slouch. And Have George is a great that? guitarist. Smith Copson You don't grow up the son Copson. of a famous actor being a slouch, dude. It's not Danny Glover. Okay, maybe you do. Isn't it? I think it is. No, nor is Donald Glover. He's not related to Danny Glover. I think he is. Ultraphonics, how are you spelling that these days? P-H-I-X. With an X. Oh, what? (laughs) Okay. Duh. This baptism song is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, It's a hell of a playlist here. I like this a lot. Lynch mob on here. Yeah, I don't know who the drummer and bass player are, but they're cool. This is not bad. When did this record come out? 2018. I remember when it came out. People, I'm telling you, people were like, "This is going to be the band that's going to show you like the other side of Glover, and that George Lynch is a good guitar player." I've always thought George is a good guitar player. But those things have always never thought that. You never, never thought Corey Glover was a very good singer? No, no, no. I just think he's kind of one-sided. He sounds great with Living Color, and that's like, you know, that's it. Because I think everybody in Living Color has has another life. Oh, yeah. Right? Like Vernon Reed is like a respected guitar yeah, they, player they, outside they, of Living Color. They, they were always like a super group to begin yeah, with. Yeah, the bass player bailed early and the drummer is a well-known jazz drummer and plays a lot of different styles studio and otherwise and i think it was always danny glover <laughs> i'm in trouble Corey glover uh, i was looking up trying to see if there was a connection there is it dude i swear when i was in high school everybody was like this guy no it's like it's something like fucking lethal weapon and living oh. color like oh they must be related because we did because we don't have the internet <laughs> No, because of the other thing, David. Because the last name's Glover. That's part of it. But because we'll Corey just let... and Danny both have two syllables. No. For other reasons, we're just, we're just yeah. We're gonna let it slide here. Is we're it... gonna let it. No, no, just awkward. Off right. air. Well, hey everybody, thanks for coming to our listening party. For death, slamming the door in this episode. (laughs) 
I am so glad we got to hear it together. I'm so glad you got to hear it with Me us. Too. And I'm so glad you saw John Hart. Oh, you- yeah, you're probably heard. radio man. visualized. Just imagine. Yeah, just me. You got some hot plugs Intently there. Check out reading the internet while enjoying death's leprosy. Yeah. What like, can we tell the folks? We uh, can tell the folks. Band interview. To follow next. us on the Twitter. Oh, we got the Twitter. M a m a m h pod as a yep. middle aged follow us heads. on the Instagram oh. that's a metal podcast you can Way join better. our group on Facebook we had a very lively week on Facebook lots yeah, of dude. fun going down in the uh, in the group please come and join us Colin Ooh. who is the band that is joining us on our next episode born of plagues born of plagues so if you really want to get deep in our next episode, do a little homework before next weekend, and, uh, and you can hear us listen to those fine chaps. They're from Maryland. Nice. All roads lead to Maryland. <laughs> At least <laughs> next Sunday. That's true. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate it from Maryland. I mean, within Some, reason, I'm sure. Some yeah. interstate leads to Maryland. <laughs> See you on the interstate, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good night. Good night. Good night.